our resident historian. Today, a brand new book. A brand new book, Killing the Legends by Bill O'Reilly. He's also uh, a host here on WABC Radio, 9 p.m. It's the number one show. He's a te- radio host. He's a television journalist, author, history teacher, historian. Bill O'Reilly, how many books? 20 million books sold so far. And when can we get Killing the Legends? Tomorrow, Killing the Legends will be out. You can pre-order it right this moment. You'll get it uh, faster. But tomorrow is release date. Got about 19 million of my books in uh, print. That's how they calibrate that. And this is the 12th killing book. And I've had 18 number one bestsellers. So that's pretty good, right? And this is about Muhammad Ali, Elvis Presley, John Lennon, any other legends? Um, This book is about how fame is not natural. And that people who become very famous in America are putting themselves at risk, and most of them don't even know it. And the three stories we tell are Elvis Presley, John Lennon, and Muhammad Ali, because each of these men changed American culture to this day. And we take you through that. And they all got crushed, got crushed by their fame, and they were all betrayed. And it's a harrowing story, um, and it extends into... President Biden, Donald Trump, all of these people who become mega celebrity, their whole life changes, and not for the better in most cases. And that's what Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity is about. So, Rudy Washington, you're better off not being related to George Washington, uh, maybe. maybe. So, Bill, uh, <laughs> I, know, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm the guy to question you because I was very interested, and I read most of your books on Killing Patton. And when you and I talked about uh, whether or not he was assassinated or whether that was really a car accident on that road in Europe, um, you know, so I, I that was one of the more interesting books, along with uh, Killing the uh, Sun. What was it uh, about the Japanese in World War II? It gave me a different yeah, pers- Killing the Rising Sun. Right. Gave me a different um, perspective on, on General MacArthur, really, you know, as opposed to. But. All of the people that I have written about from Abraham Lincoln, that was the first one, Killing Lincoln, all the way through, they had a common thread in their lives that they became what they the cliché says, larger than life. Some of them were able to handle that. Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, you just mentioned him, okay? But today, with the social media, the instant everything, the lack of due process, all allegations are convictions. Today, the pressure on famous people is so incredible, so extraordinary that most of them break. And the story that we tell about, I mean, you sympathize with Presley and Lennon and Muhammad Ali, in particular Ali, who was basically a good guy. But what they did to him, the nation of Islam, is unbelievable. And very little of this has been reported. Also, Bill, another thing with Ali, this is Pete King, was the way the last few years of his career, his managers, owners, whoever they were, just put him in the ring, and he got uh, the severe brain damage. He's, uh, he had probably enough damage from his fights with Frazier. But those last few years, he was getting belted, and hit. He, was, he was almost defenseless. And, that, and to me, people who managed him to put him in the ring was really a disgrace. Abusive, yeah. And that's part of the uh, story that we tell about Muhammad Ali, that he wasn't he was the strongest guy you could want in the ring, but he wasn't strong enough 
stand up to these people, and they knew because Ferdy Pacheco, the personal physician to Ali, told them. He told them after the third Brilla in Manila, the third Frazier fight, Ali almost died, and that's how we opened that part of the book. He almost died in that fight. Wow. Pacheco knew it. And, and you know that he can't continue because he'll have brain damage, which is exactly what happened. And he fought five more years after that, which is terrible. Yeah. They just they just and used like- him. You know, I, at the Police Athletic League, I'm a, I'm a vice chairman or co chairman now with me and a uh, former commissioner uh, uh, McGuire. Ray, no, McGuire. Oh, um, and and and. I fought very hard at the uh, at the board meeting, and we shot down boxing for twelve year olds, fourteen year olds, fifteen year olds. You know why? You hit these kids in the in the head enough times, you end up with a defective kid. Yeah, and and, and it's ridiculous. And you know, and 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 all these these adults are making money off these kids, and they keep pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. You know what it's all about? They're not helping the kids. It's about money. Absolutely, and, uh, and Elvis Presley as well. Elvis I mean, he had, he was at a point where he had to file bankruptcy, and this was the top earner in the world. I and never knew that. He stole the money. Elvis, Elvis uh, filed bankruptcy? I, I never did not even know that, no. So let me ask you. Let me ask you something about historically, about Lincoln. Uh, it wasn't just Lincoln who there was attempted assassination of the vice president, secretary of state. state right. How about Stanton? Was he behind it or not? As you looked at no. secretary of war, Stanton. They, uh, they went after Stanton. They tried to kill him. This was a Confederate plot. I mean, if you want to know about what happened to Abraham Lincoln, you're re-killing Lincoln. If you want to know about what happened to JFK, you're re-killing Kennedy. It was a Confederate plot, and uh, John Wilkes Booth, um, was a uh, hater of African-Americans, hater of Lincoln. He did it, and he had help. But they went after the whole government, tried to decapitate not only Lincoln, but uh, Johnson, the VP, Stanton, and the rest of them. Um, they all went after him, but they only got Lincoln. Well, listen to Bill O'Reilly tonight. He'll be telling you more at 9 o'clock, between 9 and 10, the number one show on WABCradio.com, 770 on your dial. And, you know, I listen to you every night, Bill. Bill O'Reilly. I that, John. It's nice to know the boss listens. <laughs> He's know? always listening. Well, I got, I got something. Uh, now, you had a paper yesterday. You talked about network television, that they're in deep right. crap. Can you, talk, you tell bet. it before we go off today? Can you give us a little bit of briefing on that? Well, network television viewing is down about 50% in the last 10 years. The average age in prime time now is about 72, 73. Deceased. So every American who dies, the ratings for the networks go down because <laughs> it's all the whole people watching them. I mean, I got two kids in college. They never watch, ever. Maybe a sports show, maybe a game. I don't even but have they're not watching this dopey singing, dancing, no. stranded on an island stuff. It's all over. Mm-hmm. And. The tragedy of it is that it used to be television was America's town square, that from Alaska to Key West would bound us together were television shows that everybody watched. And you remember them all in the family, MASH, Mary Tyler Moore, Happy Days. And so we had a common cultural arena in network television. That's God. And it, it ties into the division in this country that we don't see ourselves as, you know, an American 
monolith anymore. We're all individuals. We have this and that and this group and that group and inclusion and equity. And we're not just one people anymore. Television networks used to do that through entertainment. It does not happen anymore. Well, I would say the one show that I watch is Blue Bloods. I find that as a lot of that old, old tradition. <laughs> excellent show. Yeah. Excellent show. And the reason it's excellent is because it's based on reality. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Blue Bloods, and the average age for the Blue Blood uh, watcher is 65, 70, um, unfortunately. But it'll be interesting to see what they do this year on CBS because of the intense rise in violent crime in New York City. And it's the reason that's happening, as we all know, and we've discussed on Cats at Night many times, is the politicians are behind this. They're the ones that caused all this death and destruction in the streets, the politicians. It'll be interesting to see if Blue Bloods takes that on this year. Is Tom Selleck coming back? I he is, yeah. Him. Actually, I've spoken to the, uh, the writers for the show. I, I think y'all are going to see that. They uh they're not backing down at all. They're taking a tough stand. Bill O'Reilly, I want to get your perspective on this whole raise the age law. I mean, we are seeing the detriment that it has done specifically to New York City, where we're seeing five times as many shooters that are teenagers, five times as many victims of shootings. They're teenagers. And yet Governor Kathy Hochul doesn't seem concerned. Instead, she's sending out these disgusting ads towards Lee Zeldin that are simply not true. They're just getting nastier and nastier to and to Congressman Peter King's point. Maybe it means that she's afraid. So what do you what do you think about the fact that they seem to not be addressing they meaning the Democrats, the real issue at hand, which is crime, education, inflation. And instead, they want to make continue to make Trump the boogeyman. And you have even Hillary Clinton saying what, that they're like Nazis and they're calling this new Italian prime minister akin to Mussolini. Do Americans actually believe the rhetoric that is being spewed from so many Democrats? Some of them do. They believe it because they want to believe it. They don't believe it because it's fact-based. I think Hochul's nervous. 43 days before the vote, I think she's nervous. Um, Because one thing that never shows up in the polls, which is very, very important to consider, is that the base of the Democrats in New York State is a minority voting. That's their base. If that base doesn't turn out, she'll lose. Zeldin will win. And you can't calibrate that in a poll because the poll only asks, who will you vote for? It doesn't ask, will you stay home and not vote? So I'm going to posit, T-O-S-I-T, that because minority voters in New York State are getting hurt worse than everybody else, because they live at the financial margin, they have to pay more for everything, that a lot of them are not going to run out. They're not real enthused about Kathy Hochul. They stay home, Zeldin could win. Why would they get Ed Cox here? Why would they get uh, enthused about Kathy Hochul? She's unelected. She has really caved into the legislature on every major issue. She hasn't taken any substance stand. She's gone this way and that way. New York, the Constitution of New York State is built for a strong governor, and we've had strong governors, some of them a little bit too strong. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that's uh, she's just not measuring up to what New York wants as a governor and what the Constitution 
the powers that they give her to control the legislature, make sure they don't legislation, make sure they don't overspend, et cetera. Well, you're you're talking fact based analysis. You really think that most voters do that? They don't do that. I think they know what they're looking for, and they're not finding it there. She's well, just clueless. maybe that's true. There has to be dissatisfaction in New York State, the highest tax state in the union. That's it. Three million people have left in the last few years. I mean, obviously. But the machine, the Democratic machine, which rules in this state two to one over Republicans, gets enough people out to elect an Alvin Bragg in New York. I mean, what did he get? Well, he, he, had, he had some special money behind him also, Bill. Now, I, yeah, I want to know about the law. Him. I want to know about the law. Uh, Zelton is saying that he's going to go around and he's going to get rid of. Uh, he of said he might do. What did he say? An executive. An executive uh, order. Correct. Based on on crime beyond the call of duty in the city. Right. You're so, a lawyer. A can, lot can, of it, can, um, can it be Zeldin. done? Yeah, uh, sure. Sure. If Zelton wins, say goodbye to Alvin Bragg and probably the DAs in the Bronx and Queens. You can kiss them goodbye, all right? Because he'll fire them, and he can't under the Constitution. He also wait, 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 go slow on Queens. That's Curtis's ex-wife. Well, I'm sorry about that. Maybe his payments will go down. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And he can also issue executive orders about the Nobel Law. He can suspend a whole bunch of crazy, insane programs that, like the uh, commuter tax. The congestion yep. tax, which is going to just congestion tax is going to kill us. It's going to the working man and woman in this town. And here's the scandal behind it. Everybody knows that if you stop truck deliveries from six in the morning to seven at night, most of the congestion, uh, congestion or much of it would stop. And they do that in other towns around the world. You deliver between seven and midnight. But the unions don't want it, and the unions control the Democratic Party. That's what would stop the congestion, not rerouting traffic to Harlem and Brooklyn. That's not going to do it. This is a horror. It's a direct tax on working men and women in New York. Zeldin could stop it. Opal won't. She wants more taxes. That's crazy. That's crazy. Bill O'Reilly, I'm going to be listening to you tonight at 9 o'clock. WABC. And where can they get your book, Killing the Legends? Everywhere, everywhere. But if you uh, become a BillOReilly.com premium member, which will enhance your life, you get it free. <laughs> Ooh. So go there, and uh, we'll give you a free copy. And thank you very much for talking about it. I really appreciate it. We well, support you, you so 100%. Much. Thank you.